0: From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. Now make sure you say my name right. It's LaTown. See, I talk about the things other people are scared to talk about, what they're afraid to say. When I walk into the building, you know what they whisper to each other? (laughs) Be careful. Now you tell me, you want those pretty lies, or you ready for the ugly truth? Let's get it. This is Robert Littow from BlackSportsOnline.com, and you're listening to the Ugly Truth Podcast, where I don't tell you those pretty lies. I tell you the ugly truth about what's going on in the world of sports, entertainment, and viral news. I was out in Palm Desert, for those non-Californians, um, it's out by Palm Springs and Indio. that's where Coachella. Uh, is that uh, me and the fiance was uh, at a boxing match, um, an NDO for Ryan Garcia, up-and-coming prospect, and then we hung out um, in Palm Desert uh, for the weekend. It was very nice, you know, beautiful palm trees, 85 degrees, sunny, hanging out at the pool. All, you know, cool stuff, you know, just relaxing. And we were out. And they have like a little strip of like clothing stores and high end stores and vintage stores and nice restaurants. I forget where it's at. I've only been out there a couple of times, but it's a nice little strip of stores. So, me and the uh, fiance were, you know, we're out walking at the stores and we pass uh, a Saks. And one of my favorite lines um, anytime I pass a Saks is the Nipsey Hustle line. You know, I'll you know, thousand dollar you know tees up in sax. You know from the the song uh, "Rap Niggas" uh, from the Victory Lap, and we probably was doing that and we we're eating lunch and watching uh, Duke and, and Michigan State. You know the, the the Elite Eight games, and around that time, I got a text, and I get a text from a friend of mine and say, "Hey, did you, you hear what happened to Nipsey Hustle? and Sometimes I try to take little breaks from BSO because, I mean, it's re- literally a lot of work. I mean, it's, a, you know, wake up, work all day, all night. It's, no, it's not like a nine to five. Uh, I don't get weekends off. I have to write stories every day. But every once in a while, I try to take a couple of hours here and there and just refresh my mind. So I, I get this and I'm like, no, I, you know, I haven't heard what, it, what happened. So he got shot. And I was like, what? Lipsy also got shot. You know, I'm thinking, you know, maybe it happened, you know, at the club last night, or, you know, I'm not, I'm just like, you know, what do you mean he got shot? And it's like he got shot in the head. And when I looked online, the first reports were coming out that uh, he had been shot, somebody had passed, um, they wasn't sure, you know, what happened, and, and it happened out in front of his store. And I remember my fiance just looking, you know, hurt, you know, by, by the news and looking online and seeing people panicking. And as the news came out and then eventually came through that he had
1: passed away. And the thing about celebrity deaths, at least, is that sometimes with
0: celebrity deaths, you know, you don't necessarily know these people but you have some sort of connection with them but there's still you know a disconnect you know with it it's like yeah you know Robert Williams you know commit suicide. It's like you know that's sad and I can't believe that happened and all of that stuff. But there's still a level of disconnection and even in the music industry there are you know times where people pass away prematurely um and it has a, a bit of an effect on you But there's still like a little bit of a a disconnect, you know, the triple X, you know, guy that that got murdered. It's like, man, it's messed up. So young, you know, talented, had issues, but didn't get a chance to turn it around. But with Nipsey, it was a little bit different. And I feel the reason that it was different is because a lot of times with celebrities um, in any industry, they're Connection to you is just through their art, I meaning if they're actor, actress, a singer, rapper, basketball player, football player. It's just it's through their talent. When someone has that talent, but their connection to people really has nothing to do with their talent is the person that they are. I think there's more visceral reaction to it. And when people talked about Nipsey Hussle, the music was normally the second, third, or fourth thing that they talked about. It was always what he was doing for the community, what he was doing for the kids, how he was trying to reinvest in his community, the type of person he was, the connection that he had with people, the fact that he never left his community, the fact that he was trying to educate people in financial literacy and real estate. It was all this other stuff before he said, hey, he's a nice rapper too. And when you have that type of connection with someone and then they die, it's a totally different type of feeling. And the fact, I think that the way he died is just you know, mind blowing to people because it's right in front of the real estate property, the store, the neighborhood that he's from. And he represented all of the things that we as black people would want to do to uplift ourselves, but it's gunned down right in that location.
1: Like the symbolism with it was very strong. And I think that's why people
0: had such a strong reaction to it. It's not the most famous rapper in the world, uh, but there are people that not even that familiar with his music. They could feel the energy of the hurt that people are going through, and they do their research, and then they could see why. Then they're hurt too. I read a story. And, you know, I get to the media part of it in a second, but I read a story a woman said that her husband fixed street lights. He's a, a technician and he fixed street lights in Crenshaw in, in that area. And he said every time he would fix a street light or he would be in the area and Nipsey was there, Nipsey would bring him soda, water, give him a tea- free T shirt, just thank him for, you know, trying to make the community better. And I think people are so disconnected like, well, it's just a street light. But you don't understand, in the hood, streetlights, you know, can save your life. You know, just because it's a lit area, you know, it's safer if it's lit. You don't worry about that stuff when you're not in that environment. But something as simple as a streetlight on a, on a corner can save your life. And Nipsey knew that. And he treated that man with, with care and kindness. Not, and the guy, I don't even think, knew who he
1: was. You know, he knew who he was, but he didn't know who he was. And, you know, he was hurt by what happened. And a lot of people are hurt because in this type of situation, as black people, we have, we already have a lot of things going against us. As my uncle told me, when we walk out the door, we're down 14 nothing in society in this country. Some
0: of us are down 28 to nothing. Some of us are down 52 to nothing. Granted, some of us only down 3 nothing. But it, here's the thing you could be the most famous black person in America. You're still black, and there's still an inherent negativity towards you. So it doesn't matter if it's 3 nothing or 45 nothing. You're still. Living life with that deficit. And this life has been put upon us. It's been to make us an underdog. It is to, the life is not set up for us to succeed. There can't be a black Donald Trump, not in the traditional sense, in the way that he is not an intelligent individual, not a smart person. But If you're white and you have the right family name and the right connections and the ability to fail up, you could fail all the way up to the presidency. You look at someone like President Obama had to be exemplary in literally everything to get to that level, the highest of the high, where Donald Trump could be average. And I'm being I'm probably being kind in saying that and could reach that same level. That's that's what I mean. You wanna be the president, you wanna be black, you have to be exemplary in every single thing. Number one in every single thing. If you're white, you wanna be the president, you just gotta have a good family name and some money and able to rile up some racist people.
1: So we're already dealing with that. And then we have to deal with ourselves. And I know this is an uncomfortable conversation. For black people,
0: but and it's not one that I would talk about a lot publicly because your MAGA and the other people always like to latch on the black on black crime and black people doing this and black people doing drugs and all this negative stuff and our music and all of this stuff. They always try to latch onto that to excuse their behavior. I always say it's crazy, you know, black people. You know, yes, we do certain crimes. But we also have been put in that position of hopelessness. White people do crimes and
1: they should have no worries in the world. So you know they just doing it because they're evil. Some white people. But we have to address the fact that even with our circumstances and everybody against us, if we're against ourselves, then it's going to be even that hard we've seen what happens when as black people
0: we stand together we've seen the type of power
1: that we have when we do that it's just we don't have the consistency in it we don't have the consistency doing it we have to look at a situation and if you're The guy that killed Nipsey Hussle, and you felt disrespected, or you felt
0: like he talked to you in a way that you you didn't feel was right,
1: or you guys had a disagreement or an argument. You got to, as a black man, you have to put your pride aside and say, listen, I don't like what just happened here. But I know that this man
0: owns this property, that he's helping school children, that he's
1: trying to help my community. I don't personally maybe like him, but by taking his life, I'm not just taking his life, I'm taking the life away from everyone that he has helped and could potentially help. I'm taking
0: a father away from his two kids. I'm taking a husband away from his
1: wife. This goes well beyond, you know, music. As that singular individual, who maybe things are not going well for him. Maybe he has no hope or whatever. Or he's just angry. Or he just didn't like the way he was talking to. It could be anything. As black people, we have to realize that when we make those decisions to take a life, we're doing a
0: favor for the people that have tried to put us down for hundreds of years.
1: We're doing the work for them. We're doing the dirty work for them. They get off on it. They like it. They don't want black men sparking other black minds they want us killing each other
0: they don't want someone like nipsey hustle out there understanding real estate and property and investing in the community and making it better and building apartments and homes and 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 cutting down on gentrification and and showing that eight nine ten eleven year old kid that you know Gang banging is maybe not the route to go. You're smarter than that. You can do other things. I'm gonna help build a situation where you can you can
1: do something different. They don't want that. They they haven't wanted it from the beginning. From slavery to civil rights to now. And when we snuff out one of our own we're doing the work for them we did the work for them with Malcolm X it, you know we do the work for them when we do that and that's what the really sad part about it is and I think about what happened and how I felt about the situation and as someone that is
0: in the media and kind of has to depress his emotions all the time.
1: I felt something that I hadn't felt in a very long time. And it's the same
0: way, it's the same feeling, a little different because I'm older. But it's the same feeling I felt in my
1: gut on that night that Tupac was shot in Las Vegas. It's the same feeling that a life was taken before it was fully formed to do all of the good that it truly could do. And even at a young age, I was very young, uh, back then, teenager. And I never forget when I, the first, you see, information traveled differently back in 1996 than it does in 2019. But I never forget that when I first heard it, it was on, I think, like MTV News. And you always heard something next morning, not this insane like not in the minute because you know there was no social media.
0: And I never forget I heard MTV News, Tupac has been shot. My friend Leslie came over and was like, ah oh, man, too I heard Tupac got shot, you know, I think it was on the radio or whatever. And we're like at that point we're like, Yeah, it's Tupac. He always gets shot. So he'd be okay. And you didn't get like the
1: you didn't realize the seriousness of his wounds because you just didn't have that like up to the minute type of information and then you know seven days pass, and, and i never forget i was
0: driving i was driving to get uh a cd because you would go to the record store back then uh with my girlfriend at times driving uh to get uh smooth the hustler and trigger the Gambler." And I never forget they start, you know, news has come in, Tupac Shakur you know, come to his wounds, he died, and they start playing all of his music and went to the record store. They were putting up all of the Tupac stuff,
1: you know, kind of confirming that, you know, what I had just heard. And I never forget, I felt like a little punch in my stomach because I always try to tell people, you know, him and Biggie were giants in hip hop and always will be. But you got that feeling that Tupac was different. His thought process about politics and the community and the culture was different. And it's not knock on Biggie. You know, Biggie was an exemplary rapper. You can,
0: you know, you could say he's the, maybe the greatest lyricist and rapper of all
1: time. But Tupac, that reach, that ideal, that we could be better, he had that. He had that spark. And I know it's hard to explain
0: for people, young people now, people who are 20, 23, 24, because it's been so long. You know, but he had something that is indescribable. An energy that was indescribable. And it wasn't that the lyrics were super complicated or all the metaphors and stuff.
1: It's just you felt what he was saying. And you also felt that confliction. You felt that confliction in him the part that wanted
0: to be better, the part that wanted to lead. That revolution to
1: lead those young people, and that other part, that that part that he couldn't shake, that dangerous part.
0: But the thing was, both of those parts is what made him him. It's what made that spark. And at times, you're like, I wish he could leave that other stuff alone, and just focus on this because this part's amazing,
1: you know. But that grip. Of that life that you've always lived and seen it's hard to let go of it and that was the first thing that I thought about with Nipsey is that on that one side he knew what
0: needed to be done to help spark that revolution spark those young minds But in that same vein, he was still connected to that other part. But that's what made him him. That's what made people love
1: him. But that part, that other part, is inherently dangerous at all times. It's inherently dangerous at all times. And it wasn't a big grain. It's not a government conspiracy. It's not... You know,
0: somebody tried to assassinate him, it wasn't a big gang-related beef.
1: It wasn't any of that. It simply appeared to be Nipsey was still connected, so connected to that other side, and he said the wrong thing at the wrong time to a person that had nothing to lose. He had not just nothing to lose, he had lost all of his hope. He had lost everything that made him feel like a man. And when you lose that type of hope, and you have that type of hopelessness, you just don't care anymore. You don't care who you hurt. Or what you do. Or what happens to you. All you see is red. All you see is anger and hurt. And it makes you a coward. It's a coward's way out. A man supposedly disrespects you with words. And you grab a gun. That's a coward's way out. It's tough watching. The surveillance the video it's tough because maybe he survives the first shot maybe he survives the second or the third shot but to see this man with so much anger come back after shooting him and he's on the ground and shoots him again, shoots him again, shoots him again. And it kicks him in the head. That's, that's anger of a man that has lost it all. These are the dangerous individuals that we breed because of a product of our environment. This is what Dempsey was trying to fight against
0: because if you put someone in that environment for so many years and all they see is
1: violence and death and and beatings and shootings and police brutality all that anger you at a certain point you can't go back from that you know maybe if you get them younger show them a different way show them some hope they don't grow up to be that shooter and that's why it hurts and that's why for a long time people wished and had cons- conspiracy theories
0: about Tupac maybe it's Tupac is in Cuba he had come back he has all this music you know was it was it Suge Knight was it uh, all? and all these conspiracy theories because
1: we didn't want to we didn't want to deal with the issue is that black man on black man violence? That whoever shot Tupac didn't think, yeah, I know, you know, he maybe just stopped me out
0: or did this or disrespected me, but in the end, he could change so many lives. And you always got that feeling if Tupac could get through this turmoil, that he was going to. Make that turn and do amazing things. I always told people, I said, Tupac was gonna win an Oscar at some point. He's gonna be one of those
1: people with a Grammy and an Oscar, maybe a Tony. Because he was that good of an actor. But he's never was gonna get the chance. And you got that feeling that Nipsey was. He was there, he was at the precipice.
0: Uh, Doing something that people were going to remember 20, 30,
1: 40, 50 years from now. He was going to change that community. He had that idea. And sadly, it was cut short. And you're going to see
0: negative things written about him in the media because that's mainstream media. That's how it goes.
1: But try to remember the positive things. And have some decorum on social media. Don't
0: be reposting and retweeting his wife, Laura London,
1: running into the hospital. Don't record that. Let's not show, you know, his body. If it helps the
0: case, I understand. Surveillance video, ID and the shooter, stuff like that. But let's not
1: just put stuff out there to put stuff out there. Let's try to be that. And on a more lighter note before I get out of here, I just want to talk about how college basketball is horrible. But I'm not saying that in a negative way. Uh, It's just terrible basketball. Now, I say that, you know, within context.
0: Because obviously all of these college basketball players could, could wash us at the YMCA. So I'm not... You know, unless I get twisted, unless I saying they're talented. I'm uh, just saying in context of what you would consider high-level basketball, it's on the low level of high level. And the funny thing about it is, that's what makes it so beautiful, is that it's so bad that you see these games, you know, get down to the last five minutes and like both teams are trying to lose. <laughs> and the shot selection is terrible. Uh, some of the, the plays and the, you see the one. I forget the one guy, he had the perfect alley oop to to to, to, <laughs> to tie the game, and he 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 was three feet away from the basket. And he shot at one feet, just one foot. It's terrible.
1: And the Duke's out of it because I think you know sometimes we put together a super team. Even in college,
0: it doesn't you know work out for you. Uh, those more experienced teams can catch them. And Duke had been playing with fire anyway, so they were lucky to get out of the second round. So really bad basketball. And honestly, you know, you want to watch Zion because, you know, he's, he's fun to watch. And Duke is like a villain team, which also makes them fun to watch. So you kind of want them to hang around, even though you don't. And I shouldn't say this curtain, it's just Duke the program. Really, as like Zion and RJ and, and Cam Reddish, they all seem like really nice kids, but the program in and of itself is is you know kind of seen as a villain program. So now you got a Final Four with teams that uh, you know maybe besides Michigan State don't really have much of a college basketball aura to them. Can we see Texas Tech national champions Auburn? national champion i mean i guess you can I, I mean are you gonna watch i watch on saturday and, you know wrestlemania is uh it's sunday and i guess i should probably do a wrestle i do a wrestlemania podcast maybe thursday thursday friday yeah i, I think i will do that that's something a little more light-hearted than what we've been doing lately uh, follow me on Twitter at BSO, Facebook, Instagram. Nope, just Facebook, Black Sports Online, Instagram, BSO TV, YouTube, uh, BSO uh, TV. Uh, it's April, so have hope you have a good start to your month. I'm out.